Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, you're ready to uh, jump into the Word of God this morning. I am sharing a message that I have titled, The Power of God. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, he says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And it's very easy to be a Christian who lives their life doing their best for God. But the powerful thing about our faith is that God doesn't want you to just live for Him and do things for Him. The miracle of the Gospel is actually that we get to live life with Him. We get to walk with God. And when you walk with God, you walk in power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so as believers, as followers of Jesus, we are called to live a life of dynamic power. And this morning, I want to share from a scripture uh, in John chapter 16. And basically, this entire message came out of a devotional time I was having as a younger man when I came across a verse that was quite interesting as I read it because I'd been reading through the book of John. And this book basically was telling about the miracles of Jesus. It was sharing about who He was. It was God on earth. It was God moving. And where God was moving, power was unfolding and people were being healed. Blind eyes were being opened. People could hear that had previously been deaf. People were being set free from demonic oppression. We were seeing lives absolutely transformed, turned upside down. It's almost like everywhere Jesus went, the kingdom of God arrived in power. And so I'm just like, can you imagine being around at the time of Jesus? Imagine being one of the disciples of Jesus. Imagine witnessing. Every day you'd wake up and you'd wonder, what on earth are we going to see today? Are we going to see a few fish and some loaves of bread turn into food for 5,000 people? Are we going to see Jesus walking across the water to meet us on the boat? Are we going to see people that couldn't walk all of a sudden standing up, picking up their mat and going about their business? What on earth are we going to see? So I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, I love just getting into it and just imagining myself being there. And I can think about the disciples at the moment we get to John chapter 16, just thinking like, oh my, this is, this is it. Oh, this, is a, this is what life's all about. We are walking with God. And then Jesus sits down with them and He says this very peculiar thing to them in John chapter 16, verse 7. He says this, But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Now at that point, <laughs> being a disciple of Jesus and watching Jesus do all these incredible miracles, I'd be asking, how is it good that you go away? How can that be good? How can it be good that Jesus wouldn't be there with His disciples? How can it be good that Jesus Himself isn't preaching here this morning? What on earth could be better than God with us? And so this morning, I just want to share around this thought. We're going to ask for God's help this morning, and we're going to pray. So Jesus, we just come to You right now, and we ask You to teach us, like You taught Your disciples, what it is to walk in power, what it means to outwork and to live the lives that you've called us to live. And I just pray, God, for every person in the room, young and old, God, that you would be at work in our hearts through your Holy Spirit to bring to life the Scriptures this morning. 
so that we'll be transformed in your presence and go out to be a transforming presence in our world. And we pray all this right now in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Now, I wouldn't call myself a, uh, you know, a, a professional golfer, but I'm a bit of an amateur golfer, you could say. Um, I, I went through a golf phase. Uh, basically, when you have two small children, that golf phase comes to an abrupt end. Uh, I can't remember the last time I thought it was a good idea to tell Milani that I'm going away on Saturday morning for five hours to go for a long walk. <laughs> so that doesn't really happen these days, but there was a time when I played a fair bit of golf and uh, Milani and some of my friends bought me these golf lessons uh, and, you know, for my birthday, I thought, this is great. So I went to Barton Ridge Golf Course. There was a pro there by the name of Gary Booby. Kid you not, not, not the best name for a golf coach, but it's better to be a golf coach with that name than a primary school teacher. And, and Gary lines me up and he's like, all right, we're going to watch your swing and I'm going to compare it to another pro. We're going to video it. And so sure enough, Gary's there and he's like, all right, swing. And I do my best. And he's like, hmm, right. And I'm like, doesn't sound so good. He goes, come here, let's have a look. So we watch and compared to the pro, you can tell, I don't know what I'm doing, right? It looks like I'm playing baseball or something. So he's like, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to correct your swing. So he, he changes my stance, he's like, feet this wide apart, you know, legs like this, bend your knees, all right, shoulders over, head up, you know, all these things, right? So he gets me in this position and he's like, now what I want you to do is I don't want you to destroy the ball, I just want you to give it 60%. So I just line this thing up and just go 60%, I can do this, just do an easy, and I, I kid you not, this thing is just like, and I'm like, all right. Let's go again, get another ball out, lines me up, do this, shoulders down, head this, that, 60%. I'm starting to think like, man, I think I've got a future in golf. Like, I'm like seeing dollar signs, you know? I'm like, golfers, they, they make bank. I'm like, this is, I'm feeling good about this. Gary, how about you, right? Anyway, I'm telling you this entire lesson, I am just blitzing it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I found my calling, second calling. I was a pastor at the time. Call to the ministry, absolutely, amen. But it's not a bad side hustle, right? So I, I was like, this is it. So I get the boys together, I text them, I'm like, Saturday guys, we're playing. So we go out, Saturday morning, we tee up and I'm ready. I'm just ready to show them my new skills and I've I'm, I'm got Gary's voice in my head. I'm like, I'm gonna line up knees this far apart, this, that. I do everything that Gary told me to do. Pew, right? Thing goes this way. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not, how, that's not what I was looking for. Next shot, this way. I'm like, what happened? When Gary was present, I could do no wrong. When Gary was there, it's like everything just happened. It was easy. But when Gary was absent, man, something was lacking. And if you follow the story of the disciples, this is their experience of Jesus up to this point. When he was there, it was always happening. In Mark chapter 9, there's the story of uh, a commotion where Jesus comes over and he asks the question, what's going on? Why all the kerfuffle? And this guy's like, well, I brought my son who is demon possessed to your disciples, but they can't seem to bring freedom into his life. And Jesus says, well, here I am. Let me, let me have a go. And we see this kid, as you would imagine, set free by the power of God. So where Jesus is, it's like the power comes. But when he's absent, it's like something is missing. So when Jesus says, it is for your good that I go away, I can imagine the disciples are like, what could be good about you going away? And the answer to this question is found in the second part of the verse. 
John chapter 16, verse 7 says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Who is this advocate? Verse 12 tells us, I have much more to say to you, Jesus says, more than you can now bear. But when the, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. And I love in John 14 where it says in verse 16, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. The only thing greater than having God around you is having God in you. And the disciples had, been, had experienced having God around them. The dynamic power of God through Jesus as He came and ministered, people set free, the Kingdom of God advancing, darkness being pushed back, lies being transformed. They had been around God, but what Jesus was promising was that you will no longer just have God around you, but you will now have God in you. It's an amazing gift that God wants to give us. If you can imagine Jesus after His ascension, rather than going back to the Father and sending the Holy Spirit, continuing His earthly ministry. When Jesus became man and even after His ascension, He would come and He would go. We would see Jesus rock up and minister and talk to people and lead people and then move on. When He, when he led His earthly ministry, He allowed Himself to, uh, to be limited by the human uh, needs that we have to sleep, to, to eat, to, to be in one place at one time. And it would be amazing if Jesus was still doing His global tours. We would have packed out stadiums, no doubt. It would be, I mean, if Jesus was preaching, I can tell you, church would be full that day. But the truth is, what would be harder is the intimate time that God Himself wants to spend with His people. Because like me, many of you, even this morning, we're encountering the presence of God in your home. We're reading the Bible and it was coming to life. We're being led by the Holy Spirit in a decision about your family, about your workplace. This is the miracle of what Jesus allowed when He sent the Holy Spirit is that all of a sudden, rather than being in one place at one time, the Holy Spirit could be speaking specifically to every person at every time about every situation. Even this morning, as I'm preaching generally, the Holy Spirit is speaking specifically. Carlo Cartini in our prayer meeting this morning was praying that as Tim preaches, I pray that people's hearts would come alive and that you would speak to them. That is the miracle of the gift of the Holy Spirit, God Himself who lives in us. God is not just with us, He now lives in us. You know, as Pentecostals, we, we really celebrate the giving of the Holy Spirit. It's a distinctive of our movement that we would take time to remember, reflect, and to acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. And if you are new to the, the story of the Bible or if you're new to faith, there is this beautiful story in Acts that we read about the giving of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says, On one occasion, Jesus is speaking, While He was eating with them, He gave them this command, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. 
For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, hey, you're not meant to live this life alone. The plans and the purposes I have for you cannot be achieved on your own. You know, the truth is that God has got an amazing destiny for you, an amazing future for you. He's got a, a, a journey ahead that is going to be a journey that's exciting. But the truth is that it's impossible to fulfill the plans of God apart from God. We were created to walk in partnership with the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus Himself said in John 14 verse 12, these things that you have seen me do, you will do these things and even greater things than these you will see. We weren't meant to live a life in our own uh, power. We were meant to live with the power of God at work. So this promise comes, wait, and I'm going to give you this gift. Wait, and the Holy Spirit will come. You just wait, because when the Holy Spirit comes, there will be power. And then Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4 says this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Something changed the day that the Holy Spirit fell on the believers of Jesus, fell on the church. Power started to break out. Power started to uh, impact their ministry. Power started to impact their personal lives. Once the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples, power broke out internally and externally. Everything changed when the disciples were baptised in the Holy Spirit. You know, the power of God arrived in the hearts of believers. You know, firstly, the power of God is transformational to the individual when the Spirit of God arrives in a person's heart, the presence of God begins to work. And wherever the presence of God is, there is life. Jesus said, I have come to bring life and life to the full. And it is through God Himself that we experience the life and the transformation that God has for each of us. You know, I don't know your story, but maybe you've come along with a friend this morning and you think about your life and you think about how life's had some really difficult times, some ups and downs and maybe hasn't been ideal and you know that there is things going on in your heart. There is pain, there is brokenness. Maybe there's some regret from decisions past and you look at your life and you think, I don't know what I can make of what I have and then God arrives and He starts to say, hey, I'm going to bring about, first of all, your healing and wholeness and then I'm going to move you into a place of impact in the world around you. But first it begins on the inside, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life transforms you from the inside out. Cannot have God with you and not see His life and power infiltrate every aspect of your life. You know, Paul in his writings teaches extensively on the Spirit and the power of the Spirit and what, what the, the impact of the Spirit in our life looks like. And he, in Galatians 5, talks about the fruits of the Spirit. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. He talks about these things that will become evident in our life because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we see these um, fruits of the Spirit and we think, I need more of that. And so we start trying to be more joyful. We start trying to, be, to have more peace. We try anything and everything thinking that if we can achieve these things, then we will have what we need. Now, the beautiful thing is these are fruits of the Spirit. But the key to a fruit of the Spirit is that you get it from the Spirit. 
You know, the fruits of the Spirit are all nouns, not verbs. When you read this, what you're, not, what you're reading is not be more joyful. That's what it means to be a Christian. You know what it is? It is be more filled with the Spirit. Because where the presence of God is, joy abounds. Or where, where, where the presence of God is, peace that transcends understanding can be felt. You know, where the presence of God is, you find self-control begins to get strengthened and you become stronger at resisting those things that will try and pull you away. These things are fruits of the Spirit. And what we need as Christians is not to try harder to be a better Christian. The thing we need to do is to lose ourselves in the presence of God, to enjoy the Spirit, to be in His presence and to allow Him to minister and to move. And as He does what He does, then we have the fruit of His presence in our life. These are things that you possess, not things that you do. And they come because of His presence. And the beautiful thing about this gift that Jesus gave us was while He could be in one place at one time, while He was ministering on earth, He sends His Spirit, who at the same time can be meeting with you, can be meeting with me, can be meeting with our youth this week down at youth camp, can be ministering in St. Andrews while also at Sutherland. The Holy Spirit is at work across churches in our area and our state and nation beyond. He is moving powerfully and everyone at any time dealing with anything can have God Himself present. The only thing better than having God around us is having God in us. The only thing better than Jesus Himself preaching from this platform this morning is the Holy Spirit in your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart, at any time, in every situation, leading us and he's so so beautiful in the way that he knows because there's someone in this room right now and you're dealing with a very complex relational situation and I'd actually feel this is a, a bit of a prophetic word or a word of knowledge for somebody God wants you to know that he is your answer and you've been going to friends and you've been going to to people that you know um, you know want to give you advice but but the Holy Spirit's saying come away with me Come away with me. And you know what? He can give you a key to see breakthrough in that situation. He can, mom, dad, if you're having trouble with your teenage child, he can give you the key. And you know what? It's not going to be the key that worked for another parent or that worked last week for your own child. It is a fresh key because he knows you and he knows your child and he will help you. You 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 need wisdom at work. God can speak to you about that. If you're dealing with an internal question about your value or your sense of identity, then God is there to meet with you. This is the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. Present, specific, able to lead us and guide us in our personal life. Firstly, the power of God is transformational. Secondly, the power of God is missional. The same power that transforms us as individuals, as the Holy Spirit is poured out, and poured out and poured out, the same power that transformed us begins to overflow from our life. And it begins to reach Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Do you know, God wants you to have an impact in the world around you. He wants you to have an impact in your family. He wants you to have an impact in your workplace, your school, your uni. 
you know, whatever it is, that wherever it is you may find yourself, God wants to take the power that you have experienced and see it echo. And this is why we need to recognise that God wants to pour out His Spirit and that the pouring out of the Spirit is missional. Do you know, power came so incredibly strong on the disciples that after Acts chapter 2, we just talked about it, where we see the, the, the Holy Spirit fall. Peter, the same apostle who had been denying Christ just you know, days, weeks earlier, all of a sudden stands up and starts to preach about Jesus as the Saviour. And 3,000 people were saved and baptised that day. You know, you might be someone that thinks, oh man, I'm like, I'm, I don't know how to be a good Christian. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to share about Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what, Peter went when he had the Holy Spirit from being someone who denied Christ to being somebody who saw the power of God move. Do you know these disciples were so filled with the power of God that the Bible says in Acts chapter 5 that people would bring their sick and their, their oppressed and they would lay them down in the street just in case the shadow of one of these disciples would pass them because they were being healed. This overflow, they were transfer, transformed and then through their life, others were transformed as well. God wants to bring power into your life and for that power to flow through your life. John 14, 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. The only thing better than having God around you is having God in you. I just want to move now just in, in a moment to, to a time of worship. But before we do, I just want to pray. I want to pray for a couple of groups of people in the room and we're just going to make some space in our own hearts to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And so what I'd love to do, just so that people can really engage in this moment, so that they're not distracted, so that they can focus, and even for you, so that you can just give God your attention. May I ask you just for these next few moments to close your eyes and maybe even bow your heads and just in your own heart, create some space for God to move. The first group of people I wanna pray for this morning are people in this room and you can sense God and His presence here this morning. And you, you can see what it's like to have God around you. People are full of the fruits of the Spirit, joy, peace, kindness. You see in the people around you something that is, something that is attractive, something that you, you love, you desire, but you've never known what it is to have God in you. Do you know the Bible says that all who call upon the Name of the Lord shall be saved shall be reconciled with God. What Jesus achieved when He came was to live a life that you and I are unable to live, perfect life. Then the Bible teaches us that He gave His own life up. The only one who was perfect died a sinner's death so that all sinners could walk in His righteousness. And all that is required is that in our heart, we believe, we cry out in prayer and say, I accept you as my Lord and Saviour, as God. I see you for who you are. And I thank you that you have done what needs to be done for me to be reconciled with God and to have Him live in me. And so with every eye closed right now, I wanna pray a very simple prayer. And it's a prayer inviting Jesus to be Lord of your life. It's a prayer of reconciliation between you and your heavenly Father. And it is a prayer 
where we accept the fullness of the Spirit of God into our life from this day forward as a new creation. And so everyone, would you pray this prayer after me? Particularly if you're somebody who this morning knows God is saying it's time. It's time to to follow me. It's time to give me your life. It's time to say yes to me. So everyone, would you repeat this prayer after me so that those people who are praying this for the first time or the first time in a long time and not alone, we'll all pray together. And then in a few moments, we'll go into a time of worship. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I know that you love me and that you gave your life up for me. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. I thank You that You died on the cross to forgive my sin and You rose again to give me everlasting life. I thank You that I am a child of God, reconciled forever with God. From this day forward, walk with me, talk to me and live in me in Jesus' Name. Wow, what a beautiful moment. You know, just as we prayed that prayer, I really believe that there's some people in the room and for you that prayer wasn't just words, but it was a moment between you and God. And as a church, one of our greatest passions is to walk with people who are pursuing Jesus, who are taking steps of faith. And so I would love to pray for you. Just while eyes are closed, I just wanna pray for you. Just so I know who I'm praying for, I'm just going to ask you right now to boldly just give us a quick wave and say, hey, that's me. I prayed that prayer and it meant something to me. Wherever you are right now, just so I include you in this moment, if that's you. Amazing, yeah, up there, fantastic, brilliant. So good, so great. Just a couple of our team are just going to help me so I don't miss anyone. If that's you, just raise your hand up while everyone else's eyes are closed. If that's you. Man, it's a powerful moment for, for you this morning. Amazing. Well, God, I just pray your blessing upon these people who today have taken a great step of faith. Lord, in their heart, they have said yes. In their heart, they have received what you have done for them. And I thank you, Jesus, that your promise is that we will be new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. That we are now born of the Spirit, born again into the things of God. And I thank You that this life never ends. So we just thank You, God, today and for all eternity, we are reconciled with You. And I just pray over those beautiful people who are responding this morning. In Jesus' beautiful Name, Amen. Amen, Church. Can we just give it up for those people who responded? What a powerful thing to do. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.